This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. It's the Saturday edition of the program, and the toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. So anything goes on this program coming up. Uh, shutdown time for at least one government here in the United States of America. That's always good news for me, but maybe not so good depending on certain circumstances. We'll get into the details if we got a chance, but your calls are what the show is about. So let's go to the phones and to the fun, where Fred is in Michigan. Fred, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Fred, Hi, guys. Hey. You okay? Fred, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I'm a relatively new listener to Free Talk Live, and I have heard some snippets uh, in the past in reference to Mark's uh, murder conviction uh, that happened several years ago. Yep. And I was wondering if Mark was opposed to discussing that further and perhaps laying out a, a few more details to someone like me or anyone else that might be interested in more detailed information. Well, um, the, the problem with that is is that uh, the legislators here in the uh, nation, different states have decided that the Son of Sam laws, uh, they don't want people to benefit from the, the stories of uh, things that they've been commi- convicted from. That's why uh, O.J. Simpson wrote a book, If I Really Killed Mabro- N- Nicole Brown Simpson. Um, so I can't say anything that happened. You can't. Uh, I thought, but haven't you said... Like no. that you didn't do it before. Well, I can say that I I did not kill anyone, but but like unlike OJ, you I cannot didn't. tell circumstances. You actually probably didn't kill somebody though, unlike OJ. Well, I don't know. I mean, OJ was found not guilty by a yeah. jury of his peers. What can mm-hmm. I say? I can tell you he's going to be convicted. He's going to be sentenced uh, for that here shortly in Nevada, though. Well, what, wasn't he found guilty in the civil case? He was found uh, right guilty of uh, the uh, wrongful death. Okay, so what can you say, Mark? I can say that, uh, you know, I can't give circumstances as to what happened. I can basically... Can I? Um, no, because it, it would, it's my show. I'd be benefiting from the story. Oh, hmm. It, I would have to do some kind of interview in some other forum where... It, you know. May I interject a, a question? Sure. Um, if I ask a specific question, can you uh, see if you can answer it? Sure, ask a question. I'll, I'll see if I can answer it. Okay. What were you convicted of? Second-degree murder. Okay. And what was your sentence originally? 25 years. Okay, and it's, I'm not familiar with the uh, laws in Florida. This is in Florida, correct? That's correct. Okay. And uh, you were released prior to 25 years, obviously. Yeah, I did uh, eight years, seven months. Okay, and when you were released, was it considered a parole, or what do they call it in Florida? It was, uh, there were, I had no uh, supervision after that. I was released uh, through basically good time. I never got any, in any kind of trouble. And this is a, a state where you can lose gain time for uh, not making your bed in the morning or wow. you know, uh, not standing in line and looking straight ahead. I mean, all kinds of things. I never got in any kind of trouble. You were doing work release, too, for that, right? Yeah. Okay, so after eight-plus years, then you were considered as, uh, as completed your sentence? Yes, my sentence is complete. And you had nothing else. You didn't have to check in with anybody. You you had paid your debt as far as the state of Florida was concerned. That's um, that's correct. There was a mistake, and I uh, did basically seven seven days on uh, uh, pr- you know probation afterwards. But they found out that I didn't need to do it. Okay. You know what I would suggest that you do, um, Fred, is head over to the Free Talk Live wiki. 
I know that there's some level of information there. I don't know. Yeah, there's how, some newspaper stories and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, know how accurate it is. It's not great is. stuff. I don't look like a hero because I'm certainly not. No, you were in the wrong place uh, with the Doing wrong the crowd. Wrong stuff. With the wrong crowd at the wrong time. And, and it, really, if I would have cooperated with the police, I wouldn't have gone to prison. I mean, that's the long and the short of it. What would it have taken, Mark, to get you uh, in your life? I mean, looking back, you were 18 at the time. 17. 17. Uh, where would you have been in life if something had changed? I remember you'd said something in the past about had you not done X, you would have never ended up in that situation. What what brought you into that dangerous situation in the first place? Is that too, too much information? I, I I don't know specifically. I mean, you know, that's that's how uh, life goes. I mean, you make all these decisions and then you end up where you are. But if I was there um, some sort of religious thing where you were kind oh, of backlashing against re- I see organized religion? Uh, well, I mean, I was just I was speculating. People always are concerned, it seems, with atheists and. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not an atheist now. I'm a Quaker. But um, at the time, I considered myself an atheist. And people are always concerned because they don't Aren't have you a any... commie, too, at the time or Yes, something? I was, too. Anarcho-commie? I was an anarcho-communist. <laughs> um, I, people are always concerned that, well, we can't not have religion because people will do bad things. But I think that, in fact, it was the religion and the silly stories that I was told in Sunday school and, and while growing up going to Christian school and that kind of thing. And, you know, just how dumb they are. You know, Balaam and his talking ass, um, uh, Noah and his uh, magic ark that uh, transported uh, all these animals around <laughs> the world for a, for an entire year. Well, the, uh, the guy in the, the whale. What about the, that one? Yeah, right, Jonah, Jonah swallowed in the belly of a whale yeah. for three days. You know, the, <laughs> this crap that we tell our children, and we swear it's true. And and then they, you know, I, for me, I just couldn't accept it. And I'm like, well, obviously, if the the religion I was taught was wrong, then there must be no God. And, and that led you down kind of a destructive Yeah, uh, I think path. it did. So I, I hope so that gives I, you a I, little bit. I encourage bit. people not to tell their, their kids dumb stories. I hope that gives you a little bit of perspective as to the kind of person Mark was uh, back then. Fred, does that help at all? Yeah, it does. If I could just ask a quick question. Um, Mark, I think you just said that... Uh, if you had cooperated with the police, you probably would not have gotten jail time. Is I suspect that's so. Yeah. Okay, and it, can you explain that a little bit, or, or is that something you can't talk about? Um, sure. I mean, I didn't kill anybody. Remember, um, if in the state of Florida and most states, all you really have to do is be present for to to be uh, convicted of felony one murder. It's this lever that they can use in order to get people to testify against people that they wouldn't otherwise want to testify against, and I. I should have. That's my opinion. This, you this were protecting what, a what bad you thought person. was your buddy. Right. I, I was protecting a bad person, and I shouldn't have. And, and by the time I was ready to uh, to talk about him, I'd told, I'd told lies, and the police didn't want to talk to me. And I understand why they wouldn't. We can talk about what happened to him, right? Like afterwards, the fact that he ended up getting shot to death? Well, he, he um, was convicted again. He um, went to prison again for, for child a long, rape or something, long or stretch of years. I, I think the police really twisted him, man. And, uh, then, uh, and then after that, he was uh, shot and killed. Um, you know, I don't know what the circumstances are. So, so the, are the actual murderer ended up getting killed himself yeah, within the by last the sword, year. Died by the sword. Yeah, I find that uh, somewhat ironic, um, considering the fact that I, I think I've heard both of you say on numerous occasions that uh, you don't recommend people cooperate or talk to the police because nothing ever good comes of it. Now, that's pretty much Ian um, that, that says things like that. I mean, I, I think that you can deal with police are human and you can deal with them on a human basis, um, humane basis. I think that, uh, you know, I think that there are times when it's probably best not talk, not to talk to the police. But oh, no, 
I, I agree with you. I just, it just. Uh... Yeah, and generally when I say that, I am talking about in a case where you haven't been in the room where someone has been murdered necessarily. <laughs> uh, where, for for instance, you know, the police might be fishing on, you know, on a drug fishing expedition or just trying to uh, roust up some people to arrest on some nonsensical uh, crap. And it does seem like the more people talk to the police, the more likely the police are to arrest them. And I'm just talking about people in normal circumstances where a murder hasn't been committed. I don't have any problem with with assisting in the capturing of actual violent people who have done real harm to others. And then another piece of advice uh, for the attorneys out there is if I would have told my attorney the truth about what happened, the God's honest truth, I wouldn't have gone to prison either because mm. he would have handled the you didn't situation. You did not even tell him, huh? I, oh. I, I was scared and lying. That's what I was I, I managed yeah. to lie my way out of every situation up to that point. I got scared. You had it I lied <laughs> and I went to prison for eight years and seven months. So does that help, Fred? It does help. And just one more quick Quick question. Sure. Then, so then you initially lied to the police one question, and then you and then you also did were you weren't truthful with your attorney throughout part of the process as well. Is that's, that what you're? That's correct. Okay. And um, uh, well, my advice as a law enforcement professional is that um, you should never speak to the police um, without uh, consulting an attorney. Um, so I don't, you know, I, I don't fault you for not cooperating with the police, even though you were at the site. Uh, of a murder, um, I would have uh, got an attorney first. Yeah, you then, probably would have been better off not answering any of their questions, right, Mark? I, that that much is true. Uh, if they would have allowed me to have my attorney when I asked for it, I probably would have been in, in okay shape. But I, I think in this circumstance, in retrospect, in ret- you don't have that when you're dealing. I think in this particular case, all the police wanted from me was information. Also, uh, as an, an additional point... Would that situation have ever happened had cocaine been legal? Yeah, if, if the drug war wasn't on, you know, full bore, it wouldn't. It never would have occurred. Thank you for the call tonight, that Fred. That would have been alive today. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Maybe the murderer would be alive today, too. Who knows? Drug uh, war has a lot of victims. You can bring up anything. This is the Saturday edition of the program. Toll free, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It is the Saturday edition of the program. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And those features include the live streams. You can go and enjoy a broadband version of the show, even a dial-up version and a webcam, all free for you at Listen dot freetalklive dot com. Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active for freedom, would you join them? You can. Just join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org as we continue taking your calls about anything. Let's go to Rob in California. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Mom. Hello, Rob. Hey, hey, I'm a first time real, real new to this free talk radio because the first time I had my eyes Jones and they told me to call this number, you know, it came in Genesis. I'm like, wow. Okay, I'm not uh, really sure what you're what you're trying to say, but uh, what what was oh, your point tonight? Oh, point. Well, well, it has to be the the way it's. The, the way this country is is right now about the about why do people think that 
Obama, because I'm African American. Why do people think that Obama's going to help the economy if, if basically the economy doesn't hear the his part of the president in the economy? I, I couldn't quite make out the rest of your question. Why do people think Obama's going to help out the economy when basically what? He doesn't play a big part. The president doesn't play a big part. Excellent, uh, excellent question, and I thank you for the call tonight. Here, um, basically, you know, I heard an analogy once uh, that said that uh, you know the president uh, controlling the economy is kind of like the bull rider controlling the bull. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, that's great. It's 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 really accurate. Uh, you know, the the economy does what the economy does. I think that probably the federal, uh, the, excuse me, the chairman of the Federal Reserve has a far bigger role. And that things done in the past have uh, effects in the future. Um, I think that you know you can go uh, Google or excuse me YouTube uh, Ben Bernanke and see some quotes about how he said there is no real estate bubble. The fa- the fundamentals are fine <laughs> in the real estate market. You know, two years ago, three years ago, yeah. he was saying there will be no bubble. There will be no crash. There will be no yeah. um, you know correction in the market. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, lying or it, he's either lying or, or dumb, and I don't know which. But I think that, you know, the the uh, Alan Greenspan's policies are what we're dealing with today. And I used to think Alan Greenspan was just the greatest guy in the world. Why? Because, you know, while he was in, he was doing a great job of, you know, keeping the uh, the, the economy rolling and, 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 you know, printing money. He and, wasn't keeping the economy rolling. There you go, uh, sort of pigeonholing. He was printing money, and that elasticity in the, mar- in, in the market will cause people to borrow more money and spend beyond their means, and that makes the economy well, They're still steamroll. printing money today. How is that different from what's going on because today? Because you had a correction. There was, you know, things were, prices were getting too high. Real estate wasn't worth what they were getting for real estate. So what you're saying is that, uh, okay, so you're saying you thought Alan Greenspan can, was a good guy. You can borrow from Peter to pay Paul, but at some point or another, Peter's going to come back for his money. And right. Peter's here. And Peter wants his money. And so it doesn't have uh, really anything to do with who the head of the U.S. government uh, is at the time, really. It has more to do with a variety of economic factors. Uh, of course, the, the Federal Reserve is the entity that does print the fiat dollar, the legal tender in this country, and that's a big problem. And that's where a lot of these issues come from. Back in, 19, uh, in, the, in the crash of 1929, it was because of the Federal Reserve uh, getting meddling with the at that time, it was, it was uh, fractional reserve banking that uh, that did it, and there's certainly a lot of a lot of factors involved. But yeah, you know, it's which the funny. Federal Reserve grants approval for, the, the, because all of the banks basically are sort of banks tentacles. Are franchises. They're uh, tentacles, uh, yeah. if you will, of the of the Federal Reserve. So. There's a lot in play when it when it comes to the health of the economy, and of course, there's also the economy itself, which is trillions of individual decisions being made at any given moment that it makes all kinds of things happen. Right. And do you really want the people that run the businesses, the banks, um, and that's what the Federal Reserve is? Is it's a it's a group of uh, member banks. Do you, do you want them in charge of how much money is printed and the value of uh, of you know the, no. the the stuff in the economy? What because I want. these people. I mean, what would you do? Listening to the radio right now, what would you do if you had a printing press and could make as many free dollars as you wanted? And no one called you on it? Right. right. I mean, because that's what they're doing. That There's is. a printing press in Washington, D.C. The Federal Reserve makes as much money as it wants. And they don't even have to use paper. They just enter it into computers right. now. You want to talk about damaging the economy. That's how it's done sure, first it's and foremost. Sure, it's just too easy. In the absence. Yes, they should do the right thing. They should print the right amount of money to keep the, the economy rolling. But it's too tempting. And nobody knows. You can't, you can't read the mind 
minds of the American people. That's why we have these crashes. If you don't want a boom and bust cycle, the only way is for money to be of value. It should be market-based uh, currency that is available on a competing basis where you can choose what is the best currency for your needs. Right. The government doesn't belong in the money business. No, they don't. It, 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 it didn't used to be in the money business, and then they just came along um, and Good started doing it. In. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you have all the guns, you can force people to take whatever uh, you know form of currency That's you what want. legal tender is. Right. When, when you see legal tender written on the dollar bill, the uh, Federal Reserve notes, that's what that means, that people in America in the uh, geopolitical designation known as the United States must take that uh, in return for debts and that sort of thing. Sure, and people have no education on what real money is. No, nope, they um, don't teach this in high school. But if you got school. rid of, uh, you know, Federal Reserve notes, and I can tell you, within a very short period of time, people would start be start using things of value like gold and silver coins. Well, yeah, but you have to get rid of the federal government, I think, in order to get rid of the Federal Reserve, because the federal government has has violently stopped. The best competition to the Federal Reserve, the Liberty Dollar, yeah. was raided back in November of 2007 uh, by the FBI for some nonsense where they were trying to claim that the Liberty Dollar was attempting to pass off their silver, real 100% silver pieces, or not .999 fine, whatever, uh, their real silver as federal money it's in it was like yeah. night and day As the though difference. they're counterfeiting i mean they're making their their currency out of silver and the federal government makes theirs out of pot metal and paper at the time i think the liberty dollar had a phone number or a website on it right. and i mean it was so clearly obvious that it was an alternative currency uh, and that was the whole point of the liberty dollar was to introduce people to alternative currency but they went in they stole all of their money they stole all of them when i say money i mean real money i mean uh, the, the the value behind the liberty dollar they stole millions of dollars worth of silver and gold and and platinum and they haven't given it back there are several court cases in play i think there's at least one or two from the liberty dollar against the federal government to try to get people their money back including me they stole some of my silver that was in a vault and me too. Uh, and then there's also a lawsuit against the Liberty Dollar from the federal government, and Bernard von Nothaus has had to shut down his operation. I don't know if you saw that news, Mark, yeah. but uh, the feds, because of the current court case, they've demanded that in order to let Bernard out of the federal jail, that he can no longer do anything that would promote the Liberty Dollar, basically, that would promote the sale of the Liberty Dollar. So he had to... Shut down his business. Maybe, hopefully, once all of this is resolved, who knows how that, how, how long that's going to be? Federal court cases? It's not like Bernard's a young man. <laughs> Another decade? Uh, maybe then the Liberty Dollar will come back. But this is what happened to the man who dared take on the Federal Reserve. They came in with guns, and they stopped him. 800-259-9231. But that's okay, because we live in a free country, right? You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's the Saturday edition, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features, by the way, including the updates. Get signed up and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. 
updates.freetalklive.com will get you on the list. Free, that's updates.freetalklive.com. Sent out an update today letting people know that it's voting time again. Once a month, we ask our listeners, and that includes everybody, everybody, whether they're uh, listening on the radio or listening on the Internet, if you have access to the Internet, we need you to go to vote.freetalklive.com. It takes you just about a minute's time, maybe less than that. You only need your email address, and it's only used for verification purposes. Although, uh, Podcast Alley to be, uh, they did send out a newsletter all of a sudden. Out of nowhere, they did send out a newsletter. And I, I went and, and unsubscribed from said newsletter, but I don't know if that uh, was – I don't know if they ever said they would never do something like that. But to my knowledge, they've, not ever, they've never sold the email addresses to anyone. So head on over to vote.freetalklive.com, and your email address should be protected uh, from spammers. Again, vote.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference for us. Let's go to your phone calls. Jason is in Florida listening to WFTL on the East Coast. Hey, Jason. Hey, how you doing tonight, guys? It's on your mind. Hey, I listened to the uh, news break in between your show here, and they mentioned we lost three more uh, troops over there in Afghanistan. And it made me think about Sally Field about a year ago when she made her passion plea at some award show condemning President Bush that to bring the, bring the boys home. I'm curious, if you heard or wonder when Sally Field and other people from Hollywood will come out and start condemning President Obama for That's... increasing troop strength in Afghanistan and not bringing the boys home? That is a great question. Yeah, you know, this is this is where they, uh, the, the Democrats fall flat on their faces. Um, they, you know, they talk peace and uh, peace and flowers during, uh, you know, when, when they're not in power. But when they are, they're just as likely to employ the military to do what the heck they want them to do. Kind of like how the government or the Republicans talk about small government when they're not in power, and then they employ the government to do whatever they want to do yep. when they get in. So, yeah, it's there a great th- Obama has killed 4,000 people just in Afghanistan. What are some of the excuses? I mean, when you ask someone who voted for Obama for the whole peace purpose, when you point out that he's still killing people, uh, what do they say to that? What are the, what is their uh, what what? How does the cognitive dissonance kick in for them? And what what words spew from their mouths to excuse the violence that's going on that they supported without knowing they were going to be supporting it? Now they're now they're actually supporting it in that right. they're they must the be saying sticker. something. They've got the bumper sticker that says Obama with the little peace sign in it. I mean, what are they thinking? Have you actually had any conversations, Jason, with people to where you've heard what they've said? Yes, I have. I pointed out. I said, how's President Obama working out for you? And I can't tell you how many people I've met, personal friends, that did vote for President Obama, not because they really liked the guy. It was more of an anti-Bush, anti-McCain vote. Mm -hmm. But uh, they already have um, um, buyer's remorse. They they regret their decision. That's good. What's going on there? And also, too, being here in South Florida, you know, know, Israel South down here, uh, you know, bagel capital of... uh, Florida here, um, so many Jewish people who voted for uh, Obama, they're sick. I mean, here's a president who's been over and fl- flown over the Middle East, what, two or three times already? Doesn't have time to stop in and have a cup of tea with uh, Netanyahu. So, I mean, a lot of people are, are very upset with the fact Well, those that are people that are, you know, at least those people you're talking to have intellectual honesty to where they've been able to look back and say, hmm, I was duped. Uh, but are you, you know, running across... What's, what's the percentage of, of diehard, like, for example, you got Republican wackos, you got Democrat wackos. What percentage within each party is, no matter what uh, the president does, says, or, or acts, 
they're still going to defend him and support him. And what do you think? More and more people are getting more independent thinkers. I think shows I, like yours that are starting to make people think that. I would hey, like to believe what? that, but I don't have any evidence that shows that. That would be a wonderful poll to hire Gallup to do or something, and actually find out how many. Uh, that's a great question, and I don't know if it's ever been asked before. How many people are the true believers that will just make excuses and to cover up whatever is going on, not pay attention to all the naughty things that uh, that are obviously happening? What percentage within any of those groups will will follow that follow them off the cliff? Question: I think would be what no matter if it's a, a senator in power in your district or if it's the president of the United States. It's for example, let's take President Obama because he's there now, and there's still people going to support him regardless of what he does. What if, what if he was to come out and say, you know what, just to show that I'm showing the love for the world, we want to get along with our Muslim brothers, he says, you know what, just to make it fair, we're going to insist that we close some churches in the United States so we can open up more mosques to show that we love everybody on all over the planet. Do you think there, there would be more uh, diehard Democrats that would defend something like that, or they would start to thinking to themselves, you know what, hmm, I should have read that book when he said he would stand with his Muslim brothers. Well, and how many... I, I think, it's a, pretty, like I think it's a pretty ludicrous scenario. It is, I think it's that, a crazy scenario, yeah, but that, the fact is... ludicrous, but, but, you know, but what, what could he do that people say, you know what, I, this guy's really screwing the pooch here. Well, I, I've got to ask this question, um, is what... Could Bush have done that would have chased some Republicans? I mean, you know, what what more could Bush have done to chase Republicans away? I mean, he, he spent did, he more did. than. This is the thing that's driving me bananas. At the very end of his term, when he uh, signed that multi-billion-dollar bailout that, that saved the guys on Wall Street, and then right after President Obama comes in, he signs another one for the same group of guys. So the thing that's just maddening is here you have President Bush, and that's why I lost it right there when he did the bailout uh, for Wall Street uh, and the banks. <laughs> Took right you that long. Tenure, but then you see President Obama come in; he does the same thing. Sure, I mean this is this is this is really what we have to cho- to choose from, and it 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 stinks. I mean, you've got Stalin on one side, you got Hitler on the other. I Who don't am I supposed either. to pick between? I don't choose either. I That's choose, right. and your I vote choose... doesn't count anyway because yeah. it's an all or nothing um, situation with the voting, and only fifty four votes really count in America um, for president. Because I choose non cooperation. I choose to no longer obey the federal government. I am not. Not a part of the federal government. I'm not interested in what they do, and I'm not interested in funding it. That's my choice. Yeah, but, so, yeah, but to what level can you do that and get away? With it? Well, you were talking about uh, before the last break about the Liberty Dollar. That guy's been shut down at uh, FBI gunpoint. At what level? I mean, you can uh, uh, refuse to cooperate with the federal government, but to what level do you say, you know what? If I do this, I'm getting locked up. Yeah, Sixty million it, Americans don't. Sixty million Americans don't pay their income taxes. They're not my income taxes, and I certainly don't pay them because uh, I'm not. I, I refuse. To to obey these people. I, I don't agree with this, and I don't believe in this silly nonsense called the social contract, which uh, some talk show host this morning tried to get me to believe in and, and admit that there is such a thing. It's just a, it's a, uh, it's a mass delusion, I think, was the, was the terms I used this morning. It's, it's, it's insane to believe that just because you popped out of your mom's, uh, you popped out of your mother several years ago, that uh, you're, you're somehow obligated to follow the arbitrary diktats of people you don't even know. But they've been yeah, dead but, for but two take, centuries. Take your example, guys. You just said you refuse to pay federal income tax. Okay, 60 million Americans don't do that. Okay, follow that through to 
the next level. What happens if you or one of those people get called on a tax audit, you're standing in front of an IRS agent and say, you know what, pal, you don't pay this, we're locking you up. What do you do then? Well, I think the the first thing I would do is I'd say that uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, use my Fifth Amendment right and not incriminate myself. I'm not going to give you any papers, sir. I'm not going to their audit. I don't don't feel any obligation to give you any evidence. Show me the obligation. uh, Go uh, ahead. Show me the obligation to pay and don't give me any nonsense about the social contract. And don't show yeah, me your laws the either. Greatest, the greatest films out there has to do with the fact that, that the, the, the federal income tax isn't a legal tax. That's been proven uh, with... I don't care if it's legal. See, that's the thing. I don't care if it is legal. I don't care if they've got all the words written down on paper that make it illegal for their system. I never consented to their system in the first place. And so if they can't show me my obligation to pay them, then I'm not going to do it, which means they may put me in a jail cell. And the, but from a practical standpoint, if you don't have a nationally syndicated radio show, you're not Willie Nelson and you're not uh, Wesley Snipes, the federal government doesn't have time to come after you. They just don't. The average uh, you know, wage earner doesn't pay a whole, whole bunch in compared to the big guys. Those are the ones that they're, they would be after in the first place. They don't have enough IRS agents to go after 60 million people. If no. another 60 million told them, hey, take these forms, stick them in your butt, that'd be it for the federal uh, for, for the IRS. That's I, I absolutely agree with that. Any and other thoughts? If, if Ron Paul, before you go, um, go on, Ron Paul said that uh, if we were to get rid of the – in 2008 when he ran for president, if we were to get rid of the IRS that the federal government would – shrink down to 1997 sizes well wasn't the government too big in 1997 anyway jason last 10 seconds go okay thanks man i appreciate the show keep it up you're fighting a good fight well i i, I understand that and i thank you for the call i i don't like the fighting we're not terminology. Fighting anymore. i'm we're done. standing for liberty yep, i'm done fighting i'm just going to live like a free man and if they want to fight with me i'm not going to fight back more on the way you can take control of the airwaves this is free talk live it's just about living free with other people who feel the same way that's what we're doing this is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, Saturday edition. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away the features. Those other talk show hosts charge you for their websites. Ours is free, so enjoy it, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, and get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up, get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, amp.freetalklive.com. If you've ever worried that you're not getting what you're supposed to get out of your uh, multivitamin, I've been taking a new one. It's called Choose for Health Superfruit Complex. It's chewable. This facilitates digestion. It includes fruits and berries and all the vitamins you need. It has tremendous health-enhancing qualities and contains hundreds of naturally occurring vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, enzymes, essential fatty acids, fiber, and phytonutrients. You can uh, get a free week by going uh, by calling, excuse me, 1-800-219-8874. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. 800-219-8874. It's Choose for Health. All right, 800-259-9231 is our number. We'll take your calls and go ladies first to Brooke, calling from the road. Brooke, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, y'all. Hey there. How are you? I'm calling with uh, Free to Ride 2009. I'm traveling around the country with my friend Kat Pratt, and we are doing social demonstrations at every major stop. And I got into quite a bit of trouble yesterday. Really? What happened? Um, I was at the Georgia Guidestones, 
And I decided it would be a good idea to dig up the time capsule there because I wanted to see what was in it. I bet that went well. <laughs> well, I was going to park nearby and hide my car so that if they came up and I had a shovel in my hand, I could, like, ditch the shovel and not have my car there. Uh-huh. But when I was, I found a, this abandoned building to, uh, to park in, and I was in the barn, and uh, I, all of a sudden I hear, come out with your hands up, I had three cops with guns pointed at me. Wow, now what is the Georgia Guidestones? Is that public property? It's uh, public, it belongs to the county. It was referenced on Endgame by Alex Jones, and it's supposed to be 10 guides for living. Except that the top one says that the, the population should not rise above 500,000, and the second one references the importance of eugenics. So it's, That's it's a little gone. scary. Uh, so you'd gone there to dig up a time capsule and... Before we go on, I, I don't think everybody knows what eugenics means. Eugenics is killing off people you don't like. Whether they're yeah. Jewish or, or uh, you know, retarded or Indian, all these things have happened to all these people. So were you charged with something? Hello? Brooke? Did we lose Brooke? Brooke is gone, They finally perhaps. got her. Brooke, are you there? Going once. Brooke going twice. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll hear back from her. 800-259-9231. <laughs> Presume that was a cell phone error. Let's go to Barbara, also lady caller in Florida. Barbara, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Hi, Barbara. Uh, I'm sorry. I think I have that Mexican... <laughs> so I, think, if you can, um, I have this cold. So anyway, I read this book by Harry S. Dent Jr. Uh, called The Great Depression Ahead, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting. And he's claiming through the the uh, you know application of uh, demographics that by uh, two thousand the mid of two thousand and ten. Uh, we're going to be in this depression and to you know eleven and twelve and all that stuff, and there'll be a, a great excess of uh, uh, excess back of the illegal aliens from this country, and it's going to be it's really very interesting yes. and it's horrific. But he teaches you how to uh, you know how to uh, benefit and, and boom in, in in history through when we're going through this uh, you know depression ahead. So it's really kind of interesting. Um, Some people reading. do very well uh, during depressions. Uh, obviously, yeah, people still need point. Yeah. people still need products and services. So there are some things that uh, that do pretty well, and there are a lot of things that'll uh, crash and burn because they were products of the bubble and they weren't really something that was necessary in the first yeah, place. Yeah, and it's a it, it is a great way to get rid of the uh, the, the the immigrant population that might want to come yeah. to this nation. We just uh, crash the economy and turn it into a police state, and they don't want to come anymore. Yeah, you're going to get rid of a lot of regular people who aren't. Uh, so-called illegal immigrants as well. Uh, you're also going to get rid of anybody that wanted to come here for a visit. Uh, well, maybe everybody's a... welcome through the front door. I mean, I welcome oh. everyone, but I don't. Well, wait. Now, when you, front you front say door. front door, you mean uh, but oh, I don't wait. You, when you say front door, you mean blind obedience to the arbitrary demands of federal bureaucrats, right? Well, all I know is that I'm law-abiding, and my people are you? and your people were law-abiding. Oh, oh come really? on. Uh, I mean, you know, the laws back then, what did they do? They took you to Ellis Island, they screwed up your name, they kicked you out the door. Yeah. Have you ever sped? No. If, if they came in with a cold like mine, they turn you around and ship you back to Europe. They did not Instead ship anyone back. No. With TB1. The only people they shipped back were the Jews that were trying to escape uh, Hitler in, uh, I think it was 39. They made sure they went back and got gas. But back in the 1800s, that oh, wasn't God. really happening, yeah. uh, to my understanding. You could land, and people wouldn't even know you'd landed uh, back then. So so you claim that you're law-abiding. Uh, you claim you're, you're law-abiding. Have you ever, yeah. uh, you know, maybe fudged a little bit on your taxes? Never. No? Have you ever, ever. sped? 
I'm what? I'm sorry. Have you ever sped in your car or truck? What, what's that? Have you ever sped Gone speeding? Too fast. I'm sorry, I don't know what that means. Speeding in your car? Please, you've never, never. You've never sped. Okay, have you never. ever drank? We under found the one woman who has never broken have, the law right, in the United have, States. Have you ever drank under the age of 21? Well, that was she probably well, wasn't. Well, when you mean drank, I had a glass of wine. Yeah, too. wine under the age of 21. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you're busted. You're an illegal. You're an now, illegal. I wanted to address something. How else, does it feel? How wait? No, how does it? You can address something in a moment. How does it feel to be illegal, ma'am? Ma'am, I'm, I'm going to let you say what you want to say, okay? But I want to ask no, you, you, how does it feel? Me say what I yes, I am. Say. I've had you on the whole segment. How does it feel to be illegal? I'm hmm? not illegal. Okay, you just keep telling yourself that. What's your What's no, your What's I was your next 18. point? You said 21. I didn't break the law. I was 18 when I had those drinks. Was it legal to drink at 18? Yes, it was. Where did I come from? Oh, I'm not where you come age, from? It was 18, sir. I so see. I didn't break the law. I chose not to. I chose to obey it. So what should right. we do with Just all like the Americans that slave. have? I've drank below the age of uh, 21, and I'm proud of it. Um, I, my uncle, well, my uncle gave me some beer I when I was about eight. I didn't break the law, and I'm proud of that. Yeah, I've smoked a lot of marijuana, and I, I don't. I, 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 I'm I didn't proud of that. Take drugs because I chose not to. Good it's marijuana. You. Marijuana is not a drug. I saw the goofballs around me when. I was a kid, and I made up my That's mind right. I wasn't going to turn out like them. Because everybody that does drugs is a goofball, right? You have freedom of choice. You're no. an adult at 21. Uh, I, I, I was an adult at 21 months. <sighs> 800-259-9231. Oh, you're still there, huh? Okay, so what is your other yeah. point that you wanted so to make? What I wanted to ask was what about this uh, health care policy that that uh, this dictator is trying to apply? Well, you'll just do whatever they want you to, won't uh, you? Social. You'll be a good little law-abiding citizen. As long as it's the law, it's okay. Yeah, whatever they do, you'll whatever they force on you, you'll do it. The I try never to break the moral laws. I obey God's law. Well, I, th I think that it's moral that free people should be able to cross, um, you know, borders into free countries freely. Isn't that moral? If they have certain laws, it's moral to obey their laws. Then it's moral freely. to do whatever Barack and Obama if says. Are, if you're not someone who's coming in with a nuclear bomb and they're uh, to blow them up. You know they have a right to determine that. So you, well, the, the people, who, you know? the people with the nuclear bombs are the ones that are um, making that determination. So you, uh, you are, yeah, you, you know? are advocating uh, then. Let me see if I've got this straight, Barbara. You're advocating that people should obey every single law that man writes All the down. All moral laws. I wouldn't obey the laws that Adolf Hitler put down. The first thing oh. he did was suspend freedom of uh, freedom of was, speech is it moral the Germans to put... and, and took away their guns. Yes. Is it moral he knew to the Germans would rise up against them? But he didn't touch Switzerland, did he? Because the Swiss citizens mm -hmm. and the laws they sure, all sure. had guns. That's all. They had a that's all correct. Army right there in Switzerland. I, I agree with you there, Barbara. I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you there. But but what you're saying is that uh, that the, it's it's moral to put millions of Americans behind bars for not hurting other people? How do you say, though? They will certainly do hurt you when they come in with TB1 and 2 and Mexican flu, no. and they come in the one-third of all the prisoners in the a jail in this country happens to be illegal. I wasn't even talking, madam. I wasn't I even talking about uh, immigrants. You jumped to a conclusion. You mean they're not hurting when they take away a job. Barbara, Barbara, bucks an hour you okay? Bus? First of all, first of all, you are economically ignorant. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Bye bye. 
you are economically ignorant. They don't take away jobs. They create jobs because when people come to the uh, the economy, they have a demand as well as a, there's a they create a demand as well as a supply. And so those people are mouths to feed, and those are people that would like to be entertained, and they need somewhere to live and that sort of thing. So there are jobs created for them as uh, as they come here. That's All how I can the economy remember is expands. The old, the old signs that say uh, "Dogs and Irishmen keep off the grass." Yeah. This is the same complaint that was going on in the, the last century uh, with Irishmen, Italians, yep. all of our forefathers that. That came here. And now we've put laws up that say, well, you can't come in until you've spent 10 years filling out our paperwork and pay us thousands of dollars. She also, that makes it moral? It's she not. also jumped to a conclusion. I wasn't even referencing uh, immigrants when I was talking about millions of Americans who are peaceful behind bars. I was talking about drug users. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 come. Attention. All active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free in this, the Saturday edition of the program as we launch here into the second hour. 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Let's continue here with your phone calls about whatever you want. We're going to go back to Brooke calling from the road. We're going to give her another shot here. I think we had cell phone difficulties last time. Brooke, you said you're on the Freedom Ride. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that, and then we can recount your story about the police. Okay, cool. It's Freedom Ride 2009. Y'all may remember the Freedom Rides from the 60s. They rode for civil liberties going from D.C. to New Orleans. However, now we feel like um, we need to ride for all human rights. So we're riding from, uh, like, the first stop was Jekyll Island, and we're going up and around the country and ending in New Orleans like the first riders did, and we're doing major uh, social demonstrations at each stop. So is there a website tied in here? Yeah, it's uh, com backslash blog. It's a video blog, B-L-O-G. And what are you guys riding in? I know we've had uh, Pete and Jason on from the Motorhome Diaries at MotorhomeDiaries.com. They are traveling the country in, in search of freedom and meeting up with liberty-minded activists all over the place. Uh, what, what's your vehicle of choice? We are in a bright yellow uh, Mustang convertible. So we're, they're in the bright yellow big uh, motorhome. So we, we, we're going we're gonna, to uh, hold them to a face-off. It's, it's two girls against three guys. <laughs> yeah, that is much more, I think the, uh, the convertible is much more feminine uh, approach. Now, uh, you are riding, you're riding with who else? Cat Pratt. Okay, and uh, so people can go to, what was it, restoretherepublic.com slash blog to see this? 
Okay, cool. And so what happened with the cops? You said you were at a uh, kind of a spooky, uh, weird eugenics uh, guidestone place in Georgia and that uh, you were trying to dig up some sort of time capsule. This was public property, so as far as I'm concerned, you should be able to dig on it. Uh, it's supposedly yours. And they decided they didn't like that very much, huh? Well, they didn't know I was digging, but I, I went to find a, a location to hide my car in, and uh, that was actually private property, but it was abandoned and old. So I found this old barn, and I was checking it out, and uh, they, they found, I guess the neighbors saw me pull in, and they had had, like, some kind of crazy meth lab girl in the area before, so they were trying to make sure that I wasn't going to go start a meth lab in this old barn. I see. So did you did you get arrested for anything? No, but they threatened to impound my car. I see. Did you, you start a meth lab? If you didn't leave, they would impound your car, or they just wanted you to go away? They, uh, they, they said that they had already run my tags, and that I didn't have insurance, and that I had an expired driver's license, which doesn't make any sense, because my car is completely current. But um, they came in with guns pointed at me, which didn't scare me at all, but they threatened to steal my car. I was like, no way! I was freaking out for a second. Well, how did you end up getting away from all that if they claimed your license wasn't valid and all that? So how did you leave? They were lying. I was legal, and they finally confirmed I was legal, but get this. I see. They figured that I they had a probable cause to search my car since some other girl in the area had, like, started a meth lab there. And since I'm a girl and I'm in the area, they thought that it would be a good idea to search my car. Did, did you let them? Yeah. Did they force you their way into your car, or did how did that I work out? I told them, well, it, it was that, the one guy was actually kind of cool because I said, you know, I'm going to respectfully decline. I was like, I don't have anything to hide, but I'm a very private person. And I'm thinking, you know, I have Ron Paul bumper stickers in my car. Those mm-hmm. are leaks in some states. You know, they could freak out if they find those. So I just didn't want them going through my stuff. And they said, well, we'll give you two options. We can either search your car right now. Or we can go get the drug dogs and have them run around the car. And I was like, okay, we'll go get the dogs. Because if, if the dogs weren't signaled, then they couldn't go in the car. And they were like, really? Are you are you serious? Like acting like I was I was being a problem that I that I didn't want them to do it. So they backed but, down? Uh, no. I, this, I said, well, they said, can we just look in the trunk and in your cooler to see what's in there. And I was like, I will open my trunk and you can look inside, but you can't touch anything or move anything around. And, and they basically just wanted to make sure that I didn't have a traveling meth lab. So I I did compromise on that, and and of course they didn't find anything. But they, they but they they are there such things as traveling meth labs. <laughs> But they, th- yeah. I think they were just looking for the chemicals or whatever. But uh, so, so they actually complied with your agreement. You had you'd kind of made an offer, a counter offer to them, saying, "Well, I'll let you go this far, but you can't go any further." And they actually respected that. Well, no, I said, I said no. At first, I said no, and the one cop said, "Well, that's your Fourth Amendment right, and you can exercise it, and that's just fine." And I was like, "Wow, that's impressive." And and so we got to talking, and he said that he actually had read the Constitution, and he's interested in upholding it and stuff. And they were being pretty cool, other than, you know, threatening to attack me with guns. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> except for that. Oh, yeah, wow. All right. Well, Brooke, where are you guys headed next? Uh, we're on our way to um, – where are we going? We're going to do a social demonstration in uh, New York City next. And what sort of, uh, what sort of demonstration will you be doing? Um, we haven't talked about that yet, but uh, we're, we're going to do one at Harvard right after that, where we're going to walk around with a big 
uh, something uh, that's really heavy tied to our feet that's got, like, credit cards on it. And we're going to, you know, make the point that debt drags you down. Well done. Well, keep keep up the good work out there. It sounds like uh, something worthwhile. I think people going out and doing what they think is right for advancing uh, the message of freedom, I, I think anything that they're doing is, is a good thing. I thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. I don't really believe there's much chance at achieving freedom anywhere else but here in New Hampshire. But I'm biased, you know, and I fully admit it. I fully People admit. do seem to like street theater. Yeah, I, I, I when I went to San Francisco, they had all kinds of in, in New York City, they had all kinds of street performers out there. I'd sit and watch them. Of course, those guys could really dance. There are a few people here in the the, the New Hampshire, or the Keene area, that have been talking about doing some three, street theater. I don't know if it's actually going to commence, but I know that our friend Sam Dodson from uh, from the Obscured Truth Network at ObscuredTruth.com has been toting his uh, megaphone around with him recently and has been doing fun things with that out in public. So I think we're starting to see that begin to occur up here. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. So, but anybody who's out there doing what they think is right, good good on you. If uh, if it turns out it doesn't work so well, well, come on up here to New Hampshire. Join the Free State Project. We have megaphones. Yeah, at freestateproject.org. No, what I mean is, <laughs> if whatever it is that you're doing doesn't turn yes. out to work very well, then come up here where you can actually get together with other like-minded individuals and you can get active with them and you can multiply your efforts several times over. All right, let's go to your calls about whatever you want. Gray is in Florida listening to WFLA. Gray, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey, you're on the air. How you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Gray? This is Gray Wolf. Gray Wolf. Yeah, up here in the panhandle, WFLA out of Tallahassee. Oh, in Tally. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead with your thoughts, sir. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my uh, name is Gray. Yes. G R E Y. And what are you, what is on your mind couple, tonight, Gray? A couple things. Yes. A couple things. The IRS that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Native American, and uh, when I was young, I left and came into Florida. And I landed a job, but I didn't have a Social Security number. And you know they wouldn't hire me because of that? I believe it. They, they said I had to get a Social Security number. So I did. Now, over the years, I have found out that there is no real law that says you have to have a Social Security number. No, but there's, also no, law that says, there's also no law that says they have to hire you either. That's true. But that was the reason they wouldn't hire me. So right. I had to go apply for a Social Security number. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everybody talks uh, about the, the different wrongs that this country's done to people over the years. It's the Native Americans that's got the biggest shaft. Absolutely. Everybody. Somebody, a lot of people need to go up to Montana to the Crow Reservation, see how those Indians have to live. Now, is that one of the Bureau of Indian... Is, is see that, how the government health care is there. You'll see about this government health care. Oh, yeah. Screw that, them. They can keep their health care. I'm not taking nothing they hand down if they pass it. Good for you. That's that's the right kind of attitude. That's, that's me. And I don't uh, – I, I when I was working for a number of years at the last, I paid income tax, uh, the deductions and the Social Security taxes out of my check, but I would not file income taxes. That's the kind of attitude that I think more people need to adopt. And, Gray, I thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Then again, if people are tyrannized as much as the American Indians have been, maybe they would adopt those kinds of methods. Likely. Maybe they just haven't experienced the uh, the iron fist of the government quite enough. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
is Free Talk Live. It's the Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners on our website. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see the dozens of ladies who've sent in their validated photos and video to prove that they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you are a lady listener, the details are there as to how you can be a part of the Shrine. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And you can join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate a business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark, empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. They're fast and easy. I've gone over there and created a will. It's LegalZoom.com. If you have, if you don't have a will, you're exposing your family and your loved ones to all kinds of trouble and poverty, uh, all at the hands of the government if you don't have a will. It's LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. All right, let's continue here. Taking your calls, we go around the world to Australia, where Michael is on the line. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ian and Mark. How are you? Hey, good. What's on your mind? Um, the, the moral was that was that lady from Florida talking about moral law um, at some point? Because I had this strange situation where it was moral for me to drink in Australia. Then I hopped on an American airline, and it wasn't moral for me to drink because I was 19. Then I got off the plane in Japan, and it was moral again for me to drink. <laughs> and I got back on the plane. <laughs> You're getting the point, aren't you? Yeah. Well, she's suggesting that the the law is moral and that yes. poppycock. Oh, yes. well, the exception of Hitler. She said that if she gave the exception for Hitler, she wouldn't have obeyed what Hitler's laws okay. were. But if she doesn't have any explicit objection to the individuals that are running the uh, the government, then anything they say is moral. Apparently. Well, I think that I, I I do agree that the that law is something that comes from um, you know one's morality, and statutes come from legislators. And but the fact is that you know the vast majority of the things that the legislature puts out is immoral dreck. And at one point, wasn't it uh, the legal age eighteen in Canada, and then it became twenty-one? And it's eighteen now, am I, I believe. Wrong there? I believe it, it's eighteen, like so you can cross the border and you can. Get... Anyway, that's not what I caught up about, yes, although it is kind of related. You were talking about alternative currencies and the silver dollar being stolen. Um, do you think the American government would go as far as stealing other countries' currency if you started using that in, let's say, King? That's an interesting question. I I don't uh, I don't think they would have that would be the same value to steal other countries' currencies. But then again, uh, I'm sure it would still trade in the in their in their bank, so they could turn it into their uh, their brand of currency. So maybe they would. If there was enough of it floating around, it might be uh, worth coming in and snatching. But if you're just talking about people buying things with a few hundred euros here and there, I, I don't think that it's going to be worthwhile for them to to raid anybody because with the Liberty Dollar, they were raided back in 2007. They had their gold, their silver, silver, and their platinum stolen. They had everything in a centralized location. They had a vault in Iowa, I believe it was. Maybe it was Idaho, Coeur I think. They had a vault there that had, was essentially holding a bunch of their silver, and the feds just showed up one day and told the vault to uh, open up. We're coming in. We're going to take all the silver. So it would be much more difficult if you were talking about a decentralized situation where there are multiple people using some form of alternative currency or having different storage houses in different locations that might might be somewhat secretive. Uh, it would be much more difficult for them to deal with something like that. Of course, that would also make... Uh, the interacting with that currency a little more difficult. The more underground it is, the more uh, difficult I mean, it will be to bring people on board. There are countries in the world where they'll accept their local currency and the U.S. dollar as good as a local currency, and they're not necessarily pegged, so people know what the exchange rate is off the top of their head. 
Um, and um, um, I know Peter Schiff, who, who you have on your website, suggests Swiss francs, for example, as a more stable currency, one that you should be in. Or maybe, and I'm not tuning our own horn here, but the Australian dollar, New Zealand dollar, the yen, the Singapore dollar. I so, think it's a I fine mean, idea. If you want to get away from that massive inflation being caused by the Fed, there is, you can do it on a local scale. You can do it nationally in America. There's no way you get Board. I think it's and a good it's idea. Like, if like you ever pain. go, if you ever go to Canada, you can usually pay most businesses in U.S. dollars, and they'll give you a change in Canadian money. Uh, so that's certainly something that's not unprecedented. It's certainly doable, and I think that it's, it's something that should be considered. At least that way, you don't have to start your enti- you don't have to start an entire alternative currency of your own. You can just adopt one and, and start using it. But of course, the trick is to bring other people on board and show them why this is valuable. And it, that could be a tricky sell. I'm not saying it's well, not worth trying. The project could be the one who could do it. it. It could very well be. And I thank you for the suggestion. Any other thoughts tonight? That's it. Michael, Thank great you. call. Thanks for your patience. Appreciate it. All the way from Australia. 800-259-9231. We sure do get a, a lot of callers from all over the world. Well, I thought that was a pretty good idea. I mean, just picking another currency from some other fiat, uh, some other fiat currency that maybe isn't in di- as dire condition as the U.S. dollar. Why, why, why go with another fiat currency when you can to just avoid, buy silver? Well, I guess to well. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, it's denominated in ounces. It, you know, it. You can get. Uh, you can find out with the exchange rate just as easily as you'd find out some other currency. I don't see why you'd want to go with some other uh, denomination of, uh, you know, fiat currency, and that way you have to pay to. Good know, point. Good point. Uh, to change it over, and then you know when they start inflating their currency, then you're screwed there too. I guess you're right. If you could figure out a way to do uh, do silver in for, uh, certain fractions of an ounce to, to actually have pieces that are like that, because not everybody's going to want to pay with an ounce of silver for something, because that's a twenty dollar value or whatever, fifteen dollars, whatever the, the current spot rate is on that. So there would have to be smaller denominations available, and of course, not everybody wants to carry a bunch of silver around. So then you've got to have some some sort of paper form, which means that if you've got a paper form, you've then got a vault, just like the Liberty Dollar had a vault with a bunch of silver in it. So the more uh, accepted that concept becomes, the more difficult it becomes to actually implement it. Well, I, I, I'm sure you're familiar with Pieces of Eight. Um, this was, uh, you know, this is, you know, Pirates and Bar, p- Pieces of Eight. Um, Eights that, of silver? Well, they're actually Eights of Gold. And oh, okay. the idea was that, uh, you know, it was it was printed basically with uh, minted with a uh, you know splittable seam so that you could go into eight pieces rel- relatively easy so if you wanted to pay something you know that required an eighth of a, an ounce of gold or eighth of an ounce of silver you could do it just as easily that would handle it okay uh, but what about the issue that a lot of people ran into with gold and silver currency where they just didn't want to tow a whole wheelbarrow of the stuff around if they wanted to buy a house or something like that or a car sure then uh, I mean, so then you're into the banking situation again, where you've you got only, a central location that can be raided. Sure, you do. So I'm I'm just saying that this is a complex situation. I like the idea of going to to silver. I like the idea of going to anything, whether it's silver or some alternative uh, currency in some other form. Anything that's that that we can offer as an alternative to the federal government's system, I think is good. I think it's a step in the right direction, but I think they're all very difficult to do. I think they're all incredibly – you have to get people to accept them, and then you have to start dealing with uh, the possibility that the feds could decide to raid you, and things get very interesting very quick. 
But that's not to say that I, I'm trying to dissuade anyone from it. I'm just, that's the reason why it hasn't happened like up until now. That's the reason why the Liberty Dollar has been the only significant uh, competitor, uh, competitor to the federal government's currency in this country, and they were raided for it. So the reason why that's, that there aren't five or six other competing currencies popping up is because it's something that takes a lot of capital to start. And while there are liberty-oriented people that are in business, in the business world, they're not in this uh, end of the business world. They're out making paper towels or something like that. You know, a product that is consumable and that people are using and they're making a whole boatload of money on. They don't, for whatever reason, want to put their money into an, an alternative currency because it's really risky. And business is about taking risk in order to be rewarded. It's just that maybe they think this is a risk that's too high. I hope that someday someone can change uh, their mind about that and, and jump into the alternative currency world with something that will just wow us and knock our socks off. But I still wait for that day. We're coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, Saturday edition of the program. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Features including the wiki with over 1,800, actually over 2,000 pages. That are completely free, and they've been created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com, and audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose, and in every genre, Audible has it covered. Get your free audiobook download right now when you sign up at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash ftl as we continue with your phone calls frank is in new york you're on free talk live hello frank frank in new york going once frank in new york going twice hello? frank hello? is hello? this frank this is fred i'm yes, sorry hello. i was not reading correctly fred you are on the air correct uh i guess that you mis misspelled my name anyway um, I want to talk about uh, the, the two sides of the coin that I have experienced in my life. I've been uh, living in, a, in the other side of the world, let me say, uh, when the world had uh, two main uh, political systems, the communist one and the capitalist one. And I was in one of the states with the most notorious dictatorship. I was, I was born and grown in that kind of uh, system, and uh, when I compare with today's uh, life, I was just a born slave, behaved like a slave, with slave parents. Just the color changes, but nothing else. We were in a huge, big prison that was so costly to move from one, from one city to another, let, let's say like uh, from New York to New Jersey. Uh, very close. It was so costly and so impossible for the everyday cost. Uh, the only thing that I would wonder, when the changes happened, the political changes happened, one existing power goes down, but the vacuum does not um, exist for a long time. Some kind of uh, chaos 
goes to the country, and in that moment, uh, foreign uh, powers interfere and they put their own new political uh, people. That so, makes me uh, kind of confused if something happens, if I decide to go to New Hampshire, mm -hmm. and New Hampshire is a, a small state which can be, um, can be destructed very easily from the rest of the country, which means that I will end up again to the same kind of a state that I was in my first part of my life. Maybe, maybe. I, you know what? Let me jump in here real quick. It's, so what I'm understanding you saying so far is that earlier on you lived in a different, uh, a different country under a different regime, and you you made the observation that some were communist, some were capitalist. I think that's it's oversimplification, nor is it really accurate in the in that. Uh, capitalism isn't exactly what people think it is, and certainly uh, communism can mean a whole lot of different things too. But let's accept that for now. Uh, you, that uh, you, then you observe that there are th th this power, these power struggles where one uh, one particular government might be overthrown and replaced by another for in whatever the circumstances might be. Obviously, those right. things have happened a lot over in Eastern Europe and, and things like that. Um, and you're saying that you believe something similar will happen here in New Hampshire, and I'm going to say I disagree, and that is because what I would like to see happen here is an evolution towards an understanding that people need to stop hurting peaceful people, that we need to move toward a society where people engage in voluntary, consensual acts with one another on a regular basis all the time. That's And that's pretty much what happens today, with the exception of the government and a few other criminals. Uh, the idea is to, uh, to uninstitutionalize coercion, to remove coercion from the equation of the uh, the government apparatus you could you could rephrase that as saying to shift from an authoritarian state to some sort of uh you know competing protection systems uh, in in a free marketplace but in order to even get to a sort of a fantasy world like that you'd have to get people on board people would have to understand why getting rid of the coercive state or a violent or the violent monopoly as you might want to call it the government why getting rid of that apparatus is a good idea and if you can't get to that point, then yeah, you probably will continue to have a, a cycle of violence and one group of thugs replacing another group of thugs and calling themselves something different. Right. Uh, so I think that if we can bring people on board with the ideas of freedom, then we can have an, an evolution to something new that mankind has never achieved before, uh, at least not to my knowledge, uh, certainly not in my lifetime. But I think we can, we can get to that point. It's not going to be easy, uh, but it's certainly simple. Yes, I, I totally agree with your uh, what you're explaining, and I, I have heard your audio book, um, Market to Freedom. The Market for Liberty, uh, yes, sir. It's available free at book.freetalklive.com. Yes, sir. Correct. And I love the book, uh, actually. Um, but, and, uh, but the only thing that when I came here, and I'm already settled here, and I'm a foreigner if I go back to my country now, and that country has changed a lot now, mm -hmm. um, I see that Maybe I have come around and came back to the same place, uh, even though I'm in a different geographic uh, country, because I see here the direction of the society is going to where I was. Yes. Because every dictatorship starts first as a democracy. And then little by little, every right is stripped, then comes to a point that you have not even right to speak anymore. I think that Americans... And have no idea 
what you're talking about. I, I, I think that they have no idea that this, that the United States that, that we live in today is very much like some of the communist countries as they were in the 50s and 60s and, um, you know, that kind of thing. You know, they, Except with a lot more money. <laughs> right, sure. There's a lot more money to steal from, uh, from the, the, the people that have produced because, well, we've, uh, we've, we're, you know, sort of a semi-capitalist uh, economy for They've a while. they got tasers now and red light cameras and all kinds of implements of tyranny so that they could, could have only say, dreamed of back could then. Could you say it one more time just to drive it home nice and simple for the Americans out there that are listening? Oh, okay. I would like to say that uh, the moment when... When they, in my country, most of the rights of the people were stripped through the laws, was a moment of very good economical states. Like people had a lot of money in their hands, they had a lot of shows to go, but when the economy went down, those laws that were written in that good time of economical times, they were in power. And when the people woke up from their uh, communist dream, it was a dream. Dreams are, you can uh, title them in many, many ways, American dream, communist dream, or whatever kind of dream you can be. And when you wake up from that dream, you see that you are entangled from those uh, laws that stop you from being free. And I had an experience only three days ago when I entered the subway station and uh, two policemen Stop me for a random check of my bag. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. had a very normal bag with my own private stuff inside. And they said, you are randomly checked, one on 15 people, to, um, to check if you are a – because we are anti-terrorists and we are checking for you. And I said, here is the bag, and what can you do? I just did that instinctively because I am grown and uh, – uh, sculpted in that kind of country where we behaved like slaves. And it's sure. very difficult for me to change my behavior right now. Even I, I, I fight with myself. I mean, I, I, I try hard with myself because I hate the word fight also. And um, when, I, when I was unprepared from that po- uh, moment, I behaved like a slave. I said, here's my bag. And yes. they said, oh, you open the bag and we will see inside. Uh-huh. They were... And then at the end, they saw, I, I was re- recalling all the conversations that I hear here uh, at the radio show. And at the end, they told me that, uh, okay, thank you for your cooperation. At the end, I only was um, able to say that uh, I'm sorry, but I didn't cooperate. I just abide. Um, Fred, I want to thank you for your perspective. And, and I would like to uh, invite you to call back again in the future to continue giving your uh, unique perspective on things. Here in this uh, in this country, as having been in a place that has gone down this road before, and it's not an uncommon story. We'll come back and expound. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231, Saturday edition, Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are completely free. If you want to help voluntarily support the show, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just want to expound on what we were talking with Fred a few moments ago. Uh, Fred from New York, and actually, we never really found out where he originated from. What, he seemed to want to keep that a secret. Yeah, he certainly wasn't uh, forthcoming with it. But it was somewhere that uh, turned really nasty. One of those communist countries that just kept getting worse and worse, as communism tends to lead things toward. 
And so he came here to America with the expectation that things would be different here. And indeed, they probably were in the beginning. But then he started to, as many who are in his shoes have done, and have called this show to explain to us. Yep, lots of people with accents like Fred. Yep, and uh, he has started to observe that things in this country were going along pretty much the same path as what had happened where he came from. So what he thought he was going to escape, turns out he's just experiencing all over again with different players, right? It's All that's changed is some of the circumstances and some of the players, but generally the, the, the concept of the state becoming more intrusive and more oppressive, more expensive, more tyrannical is happening here. Sure. Um, in, in, you know, say Russia or the Soviet Union, you only had one party, essentially, the Communist Party. And it was a warfare, welfare kind of party. Um, not only did they, they, they offered to provide you with everything that you might want, and in the process, they also uh, rattled the saber and said, the terrible Americans are out there and they're going to kill us all. They're dangerous and they're evil. Well, we've got that in two parties. We've no, got no, the... it's it's one party with two wings. Okay, it's fine. like the federal government party, well, but, and but there's two wings of that party. Like uh, many people view it as two different parties. I know. They've so got the a Democrats pool. tell you we're going to give you everything you want, but did they roll back any of the policies that the Republicans put in place? Did Obama stop wiretapping? No. Has Obama pulled troops out of any place at all? No. No, they're asking for not more one troops. bit. More yeah, troops right, now. He's got the, the most people have died in Afghanistan in that entire war. Wow. And the Republicans, they rattle the sabers and they say, you fill in the blank. They're coming to get us. They're going to kill us all. They're dangerous. They hate our freedom. As if we have freedom yeah. still. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Maybe if they say it often enough, people will believe it. Apparently that works. It's one of the old rules of propaganda. And I think it was uh, Goebbels. That, I, if he, I know somebody called to tell us that Goebbels had learned it from somebody else. And I'm sure these are ancient rules have been passed down for centuries. But if you repeat the lie long enough, people start to believe it's true. And so all you have to do is just have the government run the school system. And then it'll be raising most of the uh, young people in America. Like 98% of the young people in America will go to the government-run schools, and they'll just be pounded year after year with things like citizenship awards and and uh, patriotic anthems and being told yep. that they live in a free country. Every and, day you've got to stand up and you've got to salute that uh, the idol um, for the, uh, the, the, the god that is the state. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we'll sing songs to it and we'll talk about how great it is and the people that go out and fight and die for it, uh, you know, what heroes they are. And don't forget Mr. Nice Policeman, he's your friend. You know, I teach you that too. <laughs> it's so funny. You think about the uh, the Pledge of Allegiance and and I've said it and I certainly it gives me a good feeling to say it. I'm I'm not going to say it doesn't. I've been well indoctrinated. Right. But you ask yourself, where are the other pledges of allegiance to the other flags? You said there aren't there aren't any. There aren't any. No other country has a pledge of allegiance to a flag. It really is an idol. The same people that do it will consider themselves to be Christians, but what's the difference? Tell me the difference between the flag and idol worship. I'd love to know. You can't burn the flag. You can't st- uh, step on the flag. You I just can't saw misfold the flag. There's American Legion uh, activity going right here in town, and they're gonna they're gonna retire any t- any tattered flags. We're gonna have a big deal and a barbecue. You know, I mean, what's and of the course, potluck. You all know, the all in the, the fellowship while. hall. Come on. Now, of course, the irony. Uh, some, uh, just a bit of the irony. There's a lot of irony, but uh, a bit of the irony, uh, specifically on the flag thing, 
is that a lot of the people who are very guns and God and conservative and uh, these kind of this this mentality, a lot of the you know talk radio listening audience. Uh, a lot of those folks are very reverent toward the flag, as you're saying, Mark. You Absolutely. still have it, and you know, but you know better. Uh, you know what the real story is. But the, the, despite their reverence, uh, and, and they've got this reverence for the flag, and on, on one hand, and then on the other hand, because their boys aren't in power now. You know, George Bush, the uh, the tyrant, is not in power. New tyrant, uh, Barack Obama, is in in power. Same same boss. Bush the third, whatever you want to call him. Uh, but now, because he's of that different party. Their uh, opinion leaders, if you will, the the people that create the talking points that they echo, are saying things like, "Well, now America's socialist. Now we've got to stop this uh, train to socialism here in America." As though America wasn't uh, socialist back in 2008. That we can rehash that another time. But so on one hand, you've got this viewpoint that America's socialist now. Socialism bad, and they're right. America is socialist, and socialism is bad. But America was socialist. I mean, went from 2000 to 2006 when the Republicans were in power too. So on one hand, you have this mentality that you're seeing all throughout talk radio, and you're seeing, you know, now the the same talk radio hosts that were previously supporting socialism under the Bush administration are now against socialism. So there's this big push, anti-socialism push. But on the other hand, they're still doing the the Pledge of Allegiance, which was written by a A national national socialist, socialist. a Christian socialist, uh, Francis Bellamy back in the late 1800s so you know you can't have it both ways folks it's just you it's a fantasy to believe that uh, the the worship of the flag or the 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 pledge of allegiance is anything that's positive it's statist indoctrination through and through socialist indoctrination worship of the state worship of authority Worship of man's control over man idolatry and contrary to the uh, the ten commandments as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I just, I, I, no, not I, doing it. I want to talk more also about what Fred said about the reflexive obedience, but I want to go to the phones first. Let's talk to Will listening to WSCFM in South Carolina. Will, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I've been listening to you guys for quite a while. First time caller. Welcome, Will. Now, What's on your mind I'm tonight? Going back to a few minutes. In an earlier conversation that you had, where I can't remember if it was uh, Mark or, or whoever said it, where you said illegals actually help our economy. Economy, is that correct? You know, there's a lot of debate. Ian said it, and there's a lot of debate on this subject. Some people say yes, some people say no. Well, he was pretty, pretty convinced that he was going, that he was right. And most of the time, I agree and disagree with you guys. It's give and take. But personally, being through that, I'm not a legal immigrant. I'm a U.S. born citizen. I hate everything that's going on in this country. But the problem is all these illegals are taking up jobs that we could be using for ourselves. Well, I was going to college, full-time college student, I had to get a job. Well, I couldn't keep a job. So I was going to college in Houston, Texas. Every time I would get a job, I would get replaced by an illegal immigrant. They'll pay me that they'll pay them less than what they'll pay me. And now, Will, um, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I understand that. Uh, do you think I, I, there, there was a time in this country when the farriers? Do you know what a farrier is? Not right off the top of my head. A farrier's a man who who tacks uh, horseshoes onto horses. There was a time when uh, the farriers were getting put out of business by all those uh, automobiles that were being produced in the marketplace. Uh, you know, the marketplace was changing, and the farriers they didn't want to change. Do you think the farriers should have been able to stop the automobiles from being produced and all those people that made jobs from um, you know had jobs producing them? No, it's not going to stop them. But at the same time. 
I don't have any problem with anybody coming to this country as long as they're not illegal. As long as they I mean, obey. As long as you, as long as they go through the long and arduous process that likely your parents had to go through to get you here, right? Well, I actually no. Was born. My, my family's been here since uh, since the 1900s. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said that you were um, no. an immigrant. I, no, my mistake. No, no, no. I was not an immigrant. Okay. I, I am not. Okay. But so your family managed it, to make it here before all the big forms and everything like that that made it easier to uh, you know swim across the Rio Grande than to climb the mountain of paperwork. So that's cool. No, it's not. But at the same time, they did go through all the all the BS that there isn't wasn't any BS when your parents came. The BS is here now. The BS is relatively new, as of the 20th century, the, the latter portion, mostly, of the, the 20th century. Let me go move into a different area here, and, uh, and that is the protectionist thing. Because what you're saying is that you lost some jobs to people that were willing, you, you believe they were illegal immigrants or whatever, but people that were willing to come in and work for less. So let's follow that line of thinking for just a moment and see how you feel. How do you feel about the minimum wage? The minimum wage is fine. It needs to... Minimum wage actually allows some people to survive. I have a minimum wage, two minimum wage jobs, and I'm barely surviving. So, so, so we're going to take. God bless this, you for working nice and hard. So, I want to take this away from the immigration discussion here for a moment, and to discuss protectionism in general, because that's what you're talking about here. And if you don't mind, can you hang through the news, and, and we can come back and really dig into this? Sure. sure. All right, Will. I'm going to bring you back. Chill out through the news. Hour three is coming up. We're going to bring Will back. And we're going to talk about the real, uh, one of the real issues behind this immigration scare, and that is that Americans are afraid of competition. They don't want someone coming in and competing for their jobs. And that can happen in a variety of different ways. We'll look, we'll expound upon this in moments. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It is Ian with you and Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we launch here into the third hour of the program. The immigration issue has been popping up here on the program over the last three or so weeks on this Saturday edition of the show. And it's just people have been just kind of calling in and bringing it up. I've actually had it in my show prep as kind of a leading issue, but we've never really gotten to it just because the way the show works is you call in and talk about anything. And we started things out with a call uh, tonight. But I'm glad it keeps coming up because I think think it's really important. I think it's one of the most important issues uh, facing Americans today because it's – Yet another group of people that have been demonized by the state. These are uh, another group of people for the state to scapegoat, uh, the immigrant or the so-called illegal immigrant. They are something that uh, can be pointed to by people in the media as the source of all the problems. Uh, sort of like the Muslims have also been uh, bad-mouthed uh, in this way recently, and, and less recently drug dealers. You know, all oh, these people are, are creating problems in America, and we just if we could just flush America of all these illegals then things would be a lot better around here. 
And unfortunately, it's uh, it's misdirection. It's certainly not the case that uh, if even if tomorrow the so-called illegal immigrants are made to disappear from the face of the United States, uh, this the political situation would not. <laughs> the politicians approve. and the bankers have still bankrupted your country. Yes. Uh, so there's all that. But when you start to, to dig into the reasons why people are frightened of immigration uh, or so-called illegal immigration, you can you can get into some just absolutely just nonsensical things right on uh, right on their face. Sorry, like Parasitic Mexicans are eating our dogs and, uh, you know, uh, and uh, transferring TB to our children. Someone even actually called tonight and and suggested that nonsense. Uh, There's no real evidence for it uh, of which to speak. And uh, then, you know, then there's the the stuff that's a little bit more difficult to address, like the protectionist issue. Uh, Of course, there's the the whole welfare. They're taking our welfare thing. And we can point that we can point out that if there wasn't government welfare in the first place for them to take, then that wouldn't be an issue at all. So that's the solution there is to not stop certain people from taking government welfare, but to end the government welfare program entirely so that helping other people can be handled by charitable organizations and clubs and groups that actually care about others. But then we get to uh, what Will in South Carolina had called about, and Will is still with us listening to WSC-FM. Will, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. And uh, the reason, what you had gotten into on this whole immigrant issue is that you're concerned with competition for your job. You pointed out that you were living in, in Houston, was it? Yeah, I don't mind competition. Competition's a healthy thing. It, it oh? drives everybody to be better. But what, what really ticked me off about it was the sheer fact that, okay, they didn't even give me the opportunity to uh, to defend my job or to say, well, we're going to hire this new guy for this pay decrease. Well, you take it. Right. So I see where you're. I see where you're coming from. You're saying on one hand that you appreciate competition, but on the other hand, you believe there should be limits to it. Right. Right. And and so that's why I went to the question of how you feel about the minimum wage. And I didn't know what your you know your politics were. That's why I'm just asking you a bunch of questions to uh, to find out here. I don't want to jump to any conclusions. So you told me that you actually support the minimum wage. Yeah. All right. So do you so do you care that the minimum wage uh, puts people out of jobs? If I could prove prove to you that it does, would you care about that? A little, but at the same time, uh, people need to be there. Needs to be a basis where somebody can be paid for. Well, because otherwise, someone would work for a penny. Is that what you're saying? Basically, that's no. That's, see, that's where economic ignorance comes into would play. Would you here. work for a penny, Will? I'm sorry. Would you work for a penny? Oh, you. Yeah, if a penny was worth ten bucks, sure. Okay, if a t- penny was worth ten bucks, but a penny isn't worth ten bucks, so you wouldn't work for it, right? Exactly. Then it's not a problem. Right. See, uh, the, the people will work for what they're willing to work for, and employers will pay what they're willing to pay, and they will meet in the middle, and a price will be uh, determined. So whether the person that comes in to replace your job is somebody who's from Mexico or from Italy or born next door to you but happens to be a decade younger, uh, whether the, that person comes in and takes your – when that person comes in and takes your job, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, man. That's competition in the market. Marketplace for that particular uh, product or that's that uh, that entity of that of that job, which isn't yours. You don't own it. You have to compete with everybody else. And if there's a lot of people that are coming in to that particular sector of the job market, there's a large supply. So therefore, the the the, the wage will drop, and that's good too. There's also there's some good consequences from that. Besides the fact that you lost your job, that business owner might be able to reduce their prices a little bit and pass on some savings to uh, to some. Cons- 
consumers. Uh, I know that's that's no consolation to you, Will, but what I'm pointing out to you here is if you're supporting protectionism, eventually you may end up sort of protecting yourself out of a job. Right. Just give me one second. Speaking of jobs, I'm actually on my job. <laughs> well, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate uh, hearing from you. I'll let you get back to work. Uh, but I do want to continue this this discussion. Sure, people Be- never look at the unintended consequences. And every time the, uh, the the government, how can they look at the un- unintended consequences? They never even know where they come from. Every time the government raises the minimum wage, you will always see small business stories in the newspaper about small businesses saying, you know, that's it. I can't hire any new people. I'm letting a few people go. Uh, people, uh, you know, my, some of my employees are going to have to take cuts in their hours. I just can't do it. If minimum wage is such a great idea, why don't we just raise it to 20 bucks an hour? About 100. How about 50, 150? Why not? Let's just keep going. I mean, if it somehow creates g- good stuff, then fine. Well, the fact is, minimum wage puts people out of work that need jobs. People that for some reason or another aren't worth the seven bucks an hour or five bucks an hour, depending on where you are, that you know that that people want to have as this base, well, this minimum. The cynic would respond uh, and say, "Well, well, now, Mark. I mean, you're saying these people aren't worth it. These are people. These are human beings. I, absolutely, it. I want them to get paid good money and get paid what they're worth. However, they never get the job. Do you understand?" They're not getting the job. Not that they aren't getting paid what they're worth. They're not getting paid what they're worth because they're not getting the job. You got the guy who's in a wheelchair who's uh, you know ethnically disadvantaged and maybe a little slow. He might be able to sweep your parking lot for $2 an hour or something like that. That would give him some money to be able to spend to be so that he would, ha- you know, he would have fulfilling work. Work is good for a man. However, a, a person, I should say. Um, this guy isn't getting the job because it's illegal to employ him at $2 an hour. So he gets zero instead. He gets zero. He has to you know, live on, on the, the, the public dole, and, and it's, it's bad for morale. It, it, it's difficult for people to live on welfare. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. So, yes, when you look at the minimum wage, every time it's raised, you see people on the margins, if you will, the, the people, that the businesses that are just barely paying the bills go out of business, or they'll manage to stay in business by firing some employees because they can't afford to pay them all anymore. And I think that the people that support the minimum wage or raising the minimum wage or, or a living wage, I think they have this uh, fantastic picture of a business owner as this wealthy fat cat with uh, his pockets just overflowing with gold and <laughs> and dollars just out every which way coming out of his pants pockets as though he's just hoarding on to all of this money and is only doling out the uh, the barest of the bare minimums to uh, to his staff so he can uh, bring you know buy another mansion next year those are people that don't understand supply and demand certainly there are people that are compensated well for what they the risk that they've taken in the marketplace however they also are in competition with other people that are taking the same risks in the marketplace, and those people are willing to undercut their prices, so they have to compete on price. So they're not, they they don't have an operation going where they have a whole bunch of money left over. I'm sure they're making more money than some of their employees. However, they're the ones that took the risk. They're the ones that own all the capital, so that the business runs. Right. Uh, and so if you've got a, an, an employer that is – like take me, for example. I'm not an employer. I'm not going to go through whatever government steps are required to employ somebody just because I don't care. Um, but uh, if I wanted to, someone to come in here and answer the AMP phone lines – we've got some phone lines that run into our studio for our Free Talk Live amplifiers – and normally I'm the one answering them during the breaks and, you know, screening those calls. At some point somebody's going to have to do that. 
at some point, I'm going to need to hire somebody to do that. But I can tell you that I don't have a lot of money right now. I don't. I, most of what comes in goes back into the show as far as promoting Free Talk Live and getting the show and out And it costs there. money to live. It costs money to live, and, and it's radio. We don't make a whole lot of money in radio. I know it sounds glamorous, but we really don't. I think Glenn Beck's making good money. I might be able... We don't. <laughs> uh, I might be able to afford to pay somebody five bucks an hour, and that was the minimum wage ten years ago, but not now. Now it's something like seven twenty-five or seven bucks, and uh, you know if I can't afford to pay more than five bucks an hour, then uh, nobody gets hired. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, Saturday edition, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page. You get them free at freetalklive.com. If you have a tr- company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers, treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. So, as we were pointing out, and we're going to go back to the calls here in, in a moment, but just to wrap up my thoughts, and, and yours as well, Mark, on this this whole protectionist conversation that we've been on, which started with uh, somebody calling and complaining because they believe their job was stolen by uh, some illegal immigrant, as though they, you know, I don't think he used that word, but a lot of people might. And uh, you, you, you can't have your job stolen from you because it's not yours in the first place. It's the business owners, and they're allowing you to work at it. And I think everybody that has a job would like to believe that it'll still be there for them next week, but that's just a, that's just a comfortable fantasy for people to engage in as they, they live out their lives. The fact is, your business that you're working for could go out of business tomorrow, and then you're not going to have a paycheck at the, at the end of the week. So, so I'm sure that'll be the uh, illegal aliens' fault too if your business goes out, of, if right. your employer goes out of business. So, the, so the the illegal aliens thing is or just a, it's, it's just a scapegoat uh, for people to blame, and it's just another it's just another anti-competitive protectionist measure banning people from coming here to restrict the job market to keep wages artificially high from what they would normally do in a true mm-hmm. free market where anybody could come in and compete for that job and uh, and th- th- that competition is healthy so he admits on one hand that competition is healthy but on the other hand he completely Except supports when they're competing for, for my for job. His job right and that, that's how it goes people love the idea of going to Walmart and getting lower prices every day because well Walmart's in competition with other stores and has done a very good job and has driven down prices. Um, okay, they like the, the low prices that competition brings into the marketplace, but they don't like the idea of jobs well, going overseas, competition for their labor. And the fact is, our politicians have created a, a, a situation in this country where we're just not competitive on a worldwide scale anymore. We don't do manufacturing in this country It's anymore. been regulated out of business. Absolutely. And that's another, it's, a, it's been another uh, protectionist measure that has essentially – and then that, that some of these conservative types are calling for. They're saying that we need to stop jobs from going out of this country. Well, you don't stop jobs from going out of the country by regulating and saying to businesses, no, no, sorry, you can't open up a, a factory in China. 
That's what some people are proposing, that, well, we can just uh, create more regulations and prevent these businesses from leaving the country. Well, that's going to dramatically increase the prices that you'll have to pay, presuming they decide to uh, continue doing uh, doing business in this country, because they're lowering costs by going elsewhere, which means that you pay less when you go and buy things. So, yeah, if you're ready to pay $70 for what is now a you know, $12 pair of shoes, then sure, keep all the shoe manufacturers right here in the United States. That'll be great for all those poor families that are barely able to put shoes on their, their kids' feet. Uh, so these are some of the unintended consequences of, this, of these protectionist measures. And the, the more protectionism you call for, the more you're going to have to pay. That's how it's going to be. So how much do you want to pay for the products and services that you buy? Don't forget the regulators that have to go out there and make sure that people aren't, uh, you know, importing things in the black market. When the uh, taxes and regulations uh, are high enough, people are going to bring things, you That's know, sneak, point. sneak stuff across the border. How many, uh, you know, what, what, do we really need that? Do we, you really want border guards just stationed the the whole, uh, you know, the, the line between Mexico and the United States and Canada? Let's not forget that. Bristling with uh, people with guns, making sure that this country's safe and protected. Come on. That's not competition, it's not America, American, and it's not moral. And that is the other side of this, and to, just to kind of bring it back around to the immigration issue, to stop people from immigrating here, you'd have to create a total police state. And they're well on the way to doing that. It's, it's a police state now, but it'll become more so over time. Uh, if it's a real nasty police state, then immigrants will want to stay in the awful country that they are currently living in, because they already have a police state. Why would they want to move somewhere else where there's a police state that's specifically targeting people that happen to have their uh, particular melamin, uh, mel- their, their particular skin tone, uh, if you will? So, uh, so let's go back to your phone calls here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We will go to Solaris in Montreal. You're on Free Talk Live. Solaris. Um, hello. Hey, you're on the air. Uh, What's on your mind? Uh, I, was, uh, I was thinking about what Fred was talking about. Um, this is not necessarily happening with the immigration issue. Um, rather, it has to do with the uh, gradual elimination of rights or whatever. Mm, I think what he was talking about is a great example of how minarchism can't really work uh, because states are incentivized to grow and when you're in a position or when you have a violent monopoly at your fingertips uh, you can take over any industry you want within um, within your domain um, so you know uh, th- there's an interest to expand and grow power partly for the power itself and partly because uh, you don't want anyone to compete with you. You don't want anyone to threaten this power that you are holding. And uh, just as you guys were talking about how people hate competition uh, when it's their own job on the line, mm-hmm. states also states also hate uh, anything that is going to compete with them. Um, so states use their guns to solve that problem. Um, and this is why the, the government takeover of schools is so important, because states need to impose their position and teach children that they are... Uh, the legitimate moral authority, and uh, to be moral is to obey. And that's why so many people are confused, like you're one of your last callers, about the relationship between law and morality. Um, that's, that's why. Well said, Solaris. I appreciate the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, one more comment. There's just so much to say about protectionism. I'm getting lost in all of the, my different thought trains that are going off in different directions. But 
to suggest that there needs to be a minimum wage, to suggest that there need to be immigration controls, to restrict the job market, would be like me suggesting that uh, we need a new government law that mandates that uh, everybody take free talk live on their radio station around the country. I mean, uh, you know, it's really tough competing with all those other syndicated radio shows out there. And I think there are too many of them entering into the marketplace today. And it's really, it's hurting us, Mark. Uh, it's hurting uh, the amount of affiliates we have. And that's hurting the amount of money that we can uh, get brought in here. I know what we can here. do. We can, now that we're in the business uh, here, we can lobby for a whole bunch of paperwork and a lot of fees for people to for get new. into the business of being on talk right. radio. We could set and up a talk if, radio uh, uh, advisory board. If if they don't pay the fees and do all that stuff, but they get on the t- they do the radio show anyway, we'll send men with guns to their houses and scoop them up and uh, drag them away from their families. Yeah. That'd be really great, wouldn't it? That would be the equivalent of uh, arguing for a new minimum wage law or arguing for for restricting immigration yep. from our business perspective. Because government regulation is great until it affects you and your family. If you want freedom for your life, you need to keep your bi- your nose out of other people's business. As Yeah, as soon as you b- butt out from other people's business, then you might actually have a chance at freedom. But as long as you are wanted to control others, as long as you want to wield the power of the state at your behest and for your benefit, you will find out eventually that those who choose to control others will find themselves control. I hope that at some point you choose to let go of that control. 800-259-9231. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Saturday edition of the program. You dial in toll-free. Still got a good 30 minutes left or eh, just a little less than that. But anyway, plenty of time for your calls. 800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. We've got a bulletin board system with over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com, your place for trolls. <laughs> I want you to try this uh, this vitamin that I've been uh, taking for the last, I guess it's been about three or four weeks now. Um, it's it's a chewable vitamin, and you can get a free week by uh, just going uh, just making a telephone call. One eight hundred two one nine eighty eight seventy four. I'll give it to you again. It's Does called you have to pay shipping. You do okay. um, shipping and handling. And uh, it's called Choose for Health's Super Fruit Complex. It in- includes uh, fruits and berries that have tremendous enha- health-enhancing qualities, including goji, mangosteen, acai. I, I, I'm sure I'm not saying that right. Well, go look it up then. And, and nani fruit. I, I will, but the I know you're not saying it right. The, yeah, the pronunciations are difficult. But I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah. It's a tough one. It doesn't change the fact that it's good for you. Yeah. It, <laughs> call 800-219-8874. It's um, orderchoose.com. 1-800-219-8874. Also doesn't change the fact that the first week there is free, right? Yes. So orderchoose.com? That's correct. All right, more well, coming up. You wouldn't get it free there. You'd have to go to the telephone number. Oh, just the phone number. Just the phone number. All right. Uh, 800-259-9231 is our number. You can bring up anything, and we'll go to... Wow, Robert's gone. Let's try Ken in New York. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey. Hello. Hey, Ken. What's on your mind tonight? Hey. Um, I was wondering if you guys have heard... I don't know. I was listening to NPR today, and they were talking about the Swiss banking system and uh, the new IRS invasion, I guess, of their uh, of their secrets. 
Weren't they holding out? I know I'd heard about how the U.S. government was trying to get them to turn over their bank account information and that the Swiss government actually stepped in for their banks, which they're probably pretty tied in with the banks in the first place. But they basically said, hey, we're, we don't want you to give out that information. We're, we're going to protect that information. But then I had also heard that eventually that would be pushed aside. So where is that story today? Um, from what I had heard is actually the, the Swiss government had stepped in against the IRS trying to claim that they should see the bank records. Good. But, um, oh, I, I hope it stays has, that way. The bank, has started, the bank has started actually shifting away from allowing U.S. investors anyway because they fear this type of oversight just creeping in. Yeah, I wouldn't blame them and, for it. Um, and so I guess uh, from what I've heard recently is Hillary Clinton has spoke with UBS officials and they've reached an agreement to okay. release between eight to 10,000 names attached to bank accounts. That's unfortunate. You know, I was reading uh, Harry Brown's Failsafe Investing a few years back, and Harry Brown, of course, was the 1996 and 2000 Libertarian Party presidential candidate back when the Libertarian Party actually meant something. Uh, but I was reading his book, Failsafe Investing. It's a great little book. It's probably 100 pages. It's very small, easy to get through, and very easy to understand for somebody like me who is, while I may have some level of financial intelligence, I'm not a financial guru by any means. And so it was very useful for me. He he recommended having a, a foreign bank account, but he also recommended having you know a, a stash of some gold and, and some other investments uh, as well to diversify as, as much as possible. But the point of diversifying overseas was that it was just that much more difficult for the U.S. government people to get their hands on that money. And this book was written a long time ago. Obviously, the federal government has gotten its tentacles into more things ever since then. So you can't expect your money to be safe in a foreign uh, bank account, not only because it could be stolen by the U.S. government eventually, but the uh, the local government there, wherever in wherever country it is you have the account, could very well come in and see, seize those funds too, and then there's even less you could do about something like that. So anytime you're, you have a bank account, it's at risk. You just have to basically consider it at risk, even if you think that you're jumping through all of the hoops, even if you think you're a law-abiding citizen like some of our earlier uh, – one of our earlier callers believed – that's sometimes when you you'll get caught off guard is uh, if you think that you're doing everything by the book and then they discover that you forgot to cross uh, one T there and dot an I over there and that you're in violation sucker we're freezing your accounts so you you really have to uh, to look at a bank account as as a temporary solution especially if you're somebody that cares about freedom and is is operating outside of the system okay um i also had a, another comment regarding that sure is that um from my understanding, in, at least in, in the past, in order to look at an individual's bank account, the U.S. government needed to provide a warrant for suspicion or cause in order to look at that. I'm sure they'd love you to believe that. Um, oh, oh, well, I'm, I'm saying maybe distant, distant past. Yeah. But um, and I'm, I'm sure what they're claiming at this point is that because of the secrecy of the Swiss banks, there's no name attached. So they can't file a warrant for that name they don't have access to. Hmm. And that, to me, that seems to be their justification for just ignoring the Fourth Amendment entirely yeah, and they international have, banking law. 
they always have some sort of excuse. Usually they call it a necessity. Uh, that's typically a term that's used with the government people. They'll say it's necessary that we do this because of terrorism, you know, terrorism, uh, or, or immigrants or, or drug dealers. Uh, but it's necessary because of those three things that we get to just do whatever we want. Thanks for the call tonight. You're absolutely right about that. 800-259-9231. That's the doctrine of necessity or something like that. It basically is a legal concept that says, well, if we just say it's necessary, then we don't need all those other rules. Right. And it's the, you know, we're told time and again that it's a, it's a, it's a nation of laws, and it's not. So what happens when the government runs out of money? Birmingham, Alabama might be finding out, at least uh, to some extent, uh, according to the Associated Press, as a government shutdown loomed, residents of uh, Alabama's most populous county, the story from today, by the way, lined up Friday to renew their car registrations and settle their tax bills. Hmm. By Monday, at least a quarter of the co- county's 3,600 employees will be on unpaid leave, and many county offices will be closed or cutting back hours. The county, with 640,000 residents, it's pretty big, has been on the brink of filing the nation's largest municipal bankruptcy for the past year due to a sewer bond fiasco that remains unresolved. Then things got worse. A judge ruled the county's occupational tax is illegal, and courts refused to let the county spend the revenue from it while the officials appeal. Long lines formed at the Jefferson County Courthouse and satellite offices on Friday. Some anticipated the long waits and brought lawn chairs. Retired attorney said, uh, this is disgraceful and is only going to get worse. He got in line at 7.30 in the morning and waited more than two hours to renew a car tag. At least 900 county workers will be furloughed beginning Monday, a number that could grow if the situation isn't resolved. So they say that there are satellite courthouses where residents can buy tags and licenses and pay taxes without having to go to the downtown site are closing, and offices at the main courthouse downtown are trimming hours. A note taped on the door of the county tax collector's office said it was reducing hours and not opening until 10 a.m. So you have to wonder, why are people lining up to renew their car registrations and settle tax bills? I have a suggestion. Well, because the government's sending out uh, these bills and wants, it, wants their money as quickly as possible, right? Well, what I would suggest here is that the reason you've got a bunch of people lining up to pay is because they are seeing that this is going to happen. They're seeing that – I mean, odds are the service is probably crap already and it's slow going at any of these government offices because that's just how government is. They have no incentive to do anything quickly. And so odds are things are slow already, but now people are seeing, oh, crap. The government's going to shut down, and we don't know for how long. Usually it only lasts like a week, but who knows? We're entering into some unknown territory in this country, so so anything could happen. And so people are kind of getting tweaked out by that because they know that if the government office is closed and they have a due date on a car renewal regist- uh, car registration renewal or a, a property tax bill, so if their due date is next week and they're expecting the government office to not be open at that time – then they know that if they don't pay during that week, even though it was next to impossible to actually go and pay, once the government decides to get the gears rolling again at full speed, they'll be owing late fees. They'll be liable for not having gone through whatever hoops are necessary to pay that bill. So, you know, the government does want your money, and so they try to make it easier in some cases to take it from you. That's why they have all these satellite offices, but they're saying now, oh, we can't afford to pay these bureaucrats. How about everyone in Birmingham comes to the downtown office, but only during our restricted hours, and pays all of the things that we're demanding from them? Oh, that's so you're going to have to take a whole day off to wait in the lines? Well, hey, 
You love government, don't you? I mean, that's what you voted for. Here we are. Come on down. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. And so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Don't forget to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. So it looks like Birmingham, I think it's, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of the county? I think I closed the story. Anyway, Birmingham in Alabama, whatever that county is, Jackson was, County or something like that. Birmingham. No, it's okay. not Birmingham. But uh, they're, they're shutting down the government. A good fourth of the government will be shutting down next week due to some sort of budgetary issue. I don't really understand the ins and outs of how all that stuff works, but sometimes... I do. They're not allowed to print money just uh, like the United States government is. Ew. You see, um, states government, state governments have to operate with Federal Reserve notes, and they have to get it by extorting their uh, populace, you know, in the good old-fashioned way, with threats of taking their houses away and uh, or throwing them in jail. The federal government, on the other hand, they do that, they do that too, but they have the advantage of having the printing press. Right, but there's more budgetary stuff going on behind the scenes, some sort of bond that failed and whatever. Whatever the reasoning is, the government will be shutting down and making life, as far as for those who want who want to go and do their business with the state, that is, pay taxes and things like that, much more difficult. So people anticipating this change decided to line up today to try to get a jump on the shutdown, to try to go to the satellite offices where they can pay taxes and pay them early, but everybody was apparently thinking the same thing, so people were waiting for hours in line just to uh, get something done that normally would be uh, somewhat inconvenient. Now it's far more inconvenient. So it'll be interesting to see what people are saying about this uh, in Birmingham. Do, do they really need the government to uh, to enjoy their lives? Do they really need the government to to feel safe, to stay safe? Of course, they are pointing out that the, uh, the cops will still be on duty, but they are warning that as time goes on, if the budget crisis deepens that may change too well this is always the uh, the, the threat um because yeah. the the really the the things that government offers that that people want to see out there the ones that they're really scared of losing are roads cops courts all the rest of that crap those bureaucrats we don't want them please take them back yeah i hope they never i hope that they don't start up again i if, hope that if the government would just stay with those things I don't think people would be would you know we wouldn't be we talking. wouldn't be here yeah, we no. wouldn't be doing this show I'd, I'd probably be repairing computers for a living or something like that. right because because no one would listen to us we would be talking about the tyranny of <laughs> of cops courts and roads come yeah. on or of one percent tax or something like right. that right. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, government will shut down next week, and hopefully we'll be able to keep an eye on things and see how things go. Because whenever governments shut down, there's always a bunch of hullabaloo about how awful things will be. Oh, our rest areas will, won't be operated anymore, or whatever. And everybody seems to get through it okay. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to Tom in South Carolina. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm first time caller. I've been listening, and uh, I'm surprised I actually got connected. I, I tried a couple times, and uh, I guess I called late. Anyway, on the immigration know. thing, yes, uh, and you know we're all immigrants except for the Native Americans. But uh, I bet they're pretty pissed about their foreign po- about their immigration policy, huh? Yeah, uh, manifest destiny, and uh, I don't want to get into that part. Mm-hmm. I'm 
Yeah. But anyway, I think I think what a lot of people have a problem with is, uh, you know, we 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 started out, we got a good thing, and we we made some regulations about we welcome everybody, but some people just don't want to go through the uh, the regulations in, from years ago. Uh, these regulations have been there, you, you, you know. It, come on in, but I guess uh, you know it comes down to you know you want to protect your what we got. If we open up, you know, open the borders, just let everybody in. Uh, it's going to create. Uh, I think that's what people are scared of. Is you know a lot of immigrants come in. They're not paying their taxes. They're they're getting paid in cash. They're getting paid. I know Aren't you, you just jealous? The, I mean, isn't that jealousy? I, I understand that. But, but isn't, there, isn't there a little bit of jealousy there? Like, they're not paying taxes. Uh, Some of them actually are paying taxes, and they can't go back and get their refunds because they're using fake Social Security numbers. You know those people that buy the Social Security numbers at the... Uh, at the, the black market? Yeah, well, the flea markets and things yeah. like that. Well, I mean, if you're using a Social Security number, you're getting taxes taken out of your check. If you're getting taxes taken out and you that isn't your Social Security number, you're not getting that getting any money back. Well, okay, how about this? Here's a question for you, Tom. If sure. you, If you could... Get away. Let's say the federal government just goes away tomorrow. If you could have the federal government disappear and no longer have to pay taxes to them yourself, then would you feel so bad about other people being able to come here and also not pay taxes? Would it, would you have that jealousy factor still? Would there be something else that you would be scared of? No, it's. I'm not scared of it. It's. I'm talking about the uh, the overall uh, outlook of the economy. The 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 basic. People, the Americans that live here, they're they're fearing that the the immigrants are coming in, they're working under the table, they're getting paid for cash, they're sending them their money back to their their kids and thank wherever they left them. Thank, I and, say thank goodness for and, those you folks. Know, they're coming in, they're taking advantage, and then they're hauling, they're they're going back. I think that's. That's what the phobia is. Taking that, that, advantage that is, point. you know, that taking advantage is really painting with an unfair brush. They're coming in and they're doing work, and well, they're plenty getting of them are Plenty of them are taking advantage, and and what we have, we have a pro, we have a public school problem, and we have a welfare problem. We don't have an immigration. Well, problem. Well, he didn't mention welfare. He talked about coming but in they working are coming under the and table. Taking advantage. He said they're coming in working under the table and taking advantage. If he if you Can meant I by that you welfare. A story? Yes, sir. I'm originally from New Jersey. There was a town in New Jersey where the mayor did away with welfare. If you're on welfare, he said, the hell with it. We're going to put you to work. You, you might paint the monuments. You might clean up grass. The federal government took him to court and said, no, you can't do that. They have a right to get welfare. Yeah, well, I've There's got a, a real problem says, with, the, with the feds. Yeah, and, and that's part of the problem. But my question is, I think the phobia of, of the people that live in this country, which not how many, a lot of Americans don't want to leave the country. We've got a a hell of a lot of people that want to come here. And the phobia is there because of yeah. ignorance. The phobia, no, I agree with you. The, the phobia exists, but it's there because of ignorance, uh, because people don't understand that in a free market, which we don't have in this country, but ideally we should, uh, in a free marketplace, it's my understanding that there are always more jobs than there are people to fill them. And so there's this constant need for more people to come and work. And in that case, there's nothing wrong with having people come in here, because as I pointed out earlier, new people are new, create new demand as well as new supply. 
So for all those new people that come in, there are more jobs created. And, and again, the economy balances out to where there's still a need for more work. Uh, there's always a need for more in a, in a free market world. And so there's nothing really to be afraid of with the exception of the coercion of the state. As you're saying, Mark, these welfare programs are encouraging people to be listless and, and, uh, and lazy and, and all of the things that welfare programs have, have historically done. And that's happening with people that were born here or people that were born in another plot of land. The welfare program is what's dangerous, not the people coming here. Does that make sense? No, no. My point is the phobia is all our the taxpayers, me, you, everybody, we've went through the system. We're paying through. We, we fill out our taxes every year. Not me. We pay sometimes enormous amounts, and we get really aggravated with it. But so we stop. Do. Right. I'm scared and to death of I the federal the government. I think the is people sneaking into the country, they're not doing what so it's jealousy, well, we've been though. made to do. Right. I See, guess that's so my it's, point. That's so you're jealous point. of the fact that people He's are able to... He's not saying he is. He's saying that's what he thinks Americans, are. whatever. So those people who have that phobia, whether you have it or not, I don't know. But those people who have that phobia, it's not a phobia, it's a jealousy. It's a, uh, it's a Stockholm Syndrome. It's a version, a variant, if you will, of Stockholm Syndrome, where when you're held uh, by terrorists, this is what Stockholm Syndrome is, uh, people that are held by yeah, terrorists yeah. will eventually come to, uh, to identify with the terrorists and uh, believe that they're, they're doing something good. And it's kind of also a cycle of abuse issue where you've certain I'm sure people have heard that you know uh, daddy beats their kids and the kids grow up to beat their kids and that tends to be what happens though certainly people can break that uh, break that cycle but that's what you're talking about is Americans and we've heard this before on the show where people will complain about people who don't pay taxes I say people that don't pay taxes are heroic I think that people who don't pay taxes are courageous and they should be looked up to instead of spat upon and looked down upon they are uh, they are I think uh, people that uh, they're 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 people that people should look up to as an inspiration, not something to get angry at, not something as a target of vitriol and hate, but to, to embrace and to say, wow, how'd you do that? Let's join in. Let's all not pay taxes, and then we can be free. George Washington, Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, all these men were tax protesters. There you go. So... Thank you, Tom, for the call tonight. I, I definitely appreciate hearing from you, and I think this is a mindset that is very dangerous. This mindset of, well, I've been abused, so everyone else should be abused. Stop it. How about you be compassionate and say, well, yeah, I was abused and it sucked, and I don't ever want anyone to ever have to go through that again. And I'll do whatever it takes to stop this abuse in the future. Even though I've already gone through it, I don't think anyone else should. Been Ian here with you. And Mark, see you Monday night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com or you can just keep advocating force on your neighbors and see what happens. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com.
varadio.com.